The Preds winning streak is now up to six games after last night's overtime win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite what the Penguins may tell you about that last goal. Plus, we'll take a look at the Western Conference playoff picture, and there's a reason we're doing it this early today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week in, week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase on today's show. The Nashville Predators win three, two an overtime win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, which means that winning streak is now up to six games. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, no, I had it right. Yeah. I, I couldn't get all my fingers in the frame yeah. there. It's hard to uh, yeah. Three, two win over Pittsburgh last night. Uh, and did you predict the Nashville Predators were going to go on a heater uh, after what you saw to begin the year? No, it's so funny uh, talking to Andrew Brunette last night. Uh, John Glennon, great reporter, asked him, you know, two weeks ago, we were just sitting here in this room talking to you about a four-game losing streak. Now we're sitting in the same room talking to you about a six-game win streak. This has been such a, an interesting turnaround for the Nashville Predators. Andrew Brunette did have some interesting comments about um, John Glennon's comment as well. So we can talk about that later. But yeah, this has been... You know, my how the tables have turned, my how the turns have tabled. Yeah, how the turntables. Uh, this is, yeah. Uh, shout out to Scranton, Pennsylvania, I guess, after probably not happy. Yeah, after after last night's uh, (laughs) Penguins game. Uh, yeah, so the Nashville Predators taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Michael McCarron, the best player on the Nashville Predators right now. Gets two goals in the first period. Uh, Did not know that this was the first time he's ever scored multiple goals in one period. Yes. His entire career. So shout out to Michael McCarron. And then Pittsburgh kind of closed the gap. Goal Mm -hmm. in the second period. Goal in the third period. We went to overtime, although the Preds did get some good chances right there at the end of regulation. Uh, And then the play that we'll dive into a little bit more later, Philip Forsberg. Uh, going on a breakaway thanks to a collision of sorts, we will say. Opens him up for a breakaway and then gets the puck in for the 3-2 overtime win for the Nashville Predators. And your one word to describe last night's game. Okay, you know I was hungry when I was taking notes, but it makes sense. My one word is Big Mac. Obviously for Big Michael McCarron, because I simply can't call him by his other name. It's uncomfortable. Big Uh, Sexy, Anne. Just say Big Sexy. Not Michael McCarron. Um, And so my one word is Big Mac. And it's not just for Michael McCarron. 
but also just kind of representative of the team as well. First of all, the Big Mac is no matter what you say or feel about fast food, it is chef's kiss. A Big Mac is wonderful. And you've got so many elements that go into it. You know, you kind of have, you got to have the burger patties and the Preds have, you know, you've got your Philip Forsbergs, you got your Ryan O'Reilly's, you've got your Roman Yossi's, and then you add the cheese, you know, you've got your UC Saros and you've got your speed with Gus Nyquist, Kiefer Sherwood, all that kind of stuff, your extra fixings, you know, you've got your Yakov trend and your Luke Evangelista, but it's the special sauce that really makes the Big Mac exceptional. It would just be a giant burger otherwise. And last night, the special sauce was Michael McCarron, Phil Tomasino, and Cole Smith on that fourth line. So for me, when I look at this win, I really think Big Mac. I think Michael McCarron doing what he does. And I'm also thinking special sauce. Like, Sometimes it's little plays that win big games. And I think we saw that with McCarron and Tomo and Smith last night. Yeah. It's big. It's big that the Nashville Predators had some unsung heroes. Yes. Step up. Uh, And also it's, uh, I I don't, I don't know about that Big Mac take being a chef's kiss. You don't like a Big Mac? I, I would go quarter pounder with cheese. If you're going anything from McDonald's. Too much meat on a quarter pounder with cheese. Not the right ratio. It's like the Reese's peanut butter cups when you get the special ones. You don't want a double cup. Get the right ratio. Uh-huh. Anyway, what's your one? I, I do agree with that. I do agree with the uh, the peanut butter cup. Yeah. Uh, what's your for, one word to describe this game? For me, my one word is Jerry Seinfeld race. Uh, if you remember Seinfeld, there is an episode in which there is a, like a, a race and everybody kind of keeps talking about, uh, or, or, or like, you know, the, the plot is that basically Jerry won a race in high school uh, and, and unbeknownst to everybody, he gets a head start. Uh, and the one like super jock on the team is like is the only guy that, you know, really figures it out. And they he like they meet up again and, you know, he's basically like, you know, talking about like challenging him to a race and stuff like that. Um, and then finally they race. And there's this big coincidence where a a uh, like a muffler backfires or a car backfires, and it sounds like the starting gun. So Jerry gets like kind of another head start, but because <laughs> it's it sounded like the gun, everybody thought that was the start of the race, uh, yeah. and so Jerry wins again. And I kind of attribute that to like the collision at mid ice yes and you know because everybody you know nashville is celebrating and stuff like that and the penguins are like come on like what the heck is that roughly and, translated yeah and then but everybody else is like see that's like yeah but i don't know what to tell you that that was it sucks for you guys but 50 <laughs> 50 like yeah that's my take on that in the end of the game we can talk more in depth about the game winning sequence but uh, yeah, that was my take at the end. Uh, interesting that the Predators kind of had to find themselves maybe on the, you know, a similar situation where they get off to a big start, kind of start falling apart, and then kind of have to rally their way back. Second game in a row, they've done that. But yes, yeah, which which that's worth talking about, too. Yeah. And I I think it's part of the maturing, you know, as you talk about what have the Predators learned over these last 20, you know, 21 games now. And I think part of the 
process that you're seeing the predators go through is they're able to kind of mature and finish out and manage situations where the penguins come and tie it back up and and don't get so thrown by it you know they tied it up early in the you know early ish in the third period but really nashville continued to stick with their game and kind of dominated in that third period in a lot of ways so i think it's a mature maturing a more comfortable with the system kind of thing that we're seeing from the nashville predators right now which I'm here for. Yeah. I mean, they got the win. So, and that's them. all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's dive into that finish a little bit, plus some things that stood out during the game. Uh, dive into that in just one second. Uh, plus, it's never too early to start looking at playoffs. There is a big reason that we're going to look at the playoff picture and a big reason why the Nashville Predators now being in a playoff spot is a bigger deal than you might think. All that coming up in just one second. First, I want to mention today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what helps a championship team bring home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more, whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, Ann, uh, let's just dive into it. What? There's a lot of Penguins fans unhappy with the really? game. Really? Um, we saw Mike Sullivan was not happy uh, no. at the end of the game. We saw Sidney Crosby was not happy uh, at the end of the game. What's your take uh, on on the sequence that led to Forsberg's goal? Look, uh, well, 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 let's walk let's walk through it. Okay. So basically what happens uh for those of you who didn't see the game, uh you know, Philip Forsberg has the puck. Uh it went down to the pred zone in the opening faceoff. Forsberg had it, kind of took it back up ice. There was a play in which you could see very clearly Carlson and uh, Eric Carlson and Ryan O'Reilly get tangled up mm-hmm. at the blue line. Like they're, they're clearly like holding, like, you know, it looked like there's some holding the stick um, or, you know, tied up or a hook or something like that. Yeah. And O'Reilly is trying to stay offside. So he's kind of got, you know, trying to get his like skate back at the blue line to stay on side. Kind of looked like Carlson was trying to pull him off sides, you know, veteran play there. Yeah. Uh, in that scrum, they wind up all colliding with Sidney Crosby. Like Sidney Crosby just rams into Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, that leads to a lot of open ice. Forsberg takes it in easily and scores a goal. Yes. So what's your take on that, Anne? The Preds get away with one. Is that just a well? 
Uh, for me, it's a little bit of an oh well. And I, you know, I can understand why they're like, oh, you know, there was a lot going on there. But if you look at the way the entire game was played, there was nothing about that non call that stood out differently from the way that game was officiated from start to finish. There was a lot of contact in this game, there were very few penalties. And let's talk about what's real to the Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Y'all were pulling sticks out of hands all game long. You know, you pulled the stick out of, I can't remember whose hand, you pulled a stick out of Yakov Trenin's hand. I can point to where it happened on the ice, same area every time. So this is a part of your game. Okay. But when Eric Carlson is doing that and trying to pull Ryan O'Reilly offside and Ryan O'Reilly is trying to stay onside, knowing Forsberg is coming up the ice, mm -hmm. you can't squawk about the fact that your trick didn't work. You know, and, and I understand that, you know, guys got tangled up, but again, it's not illegal for Ryan O'Reilly to be stronger than Sidney Crosby and Sidney Crosby to be the one who ends up on the ice. That's not illegal. It may be inconvenient if you're a Penguins fan, but that is not an illegal play. So I, you know, I get why they felt like, hey, there was a lot happening in that moment. I also don't feel like a non-call was anything that stood out about the way that game was officiated. It was a very physical game. There was a lot of contact that they let go through the game. So I don't feel like it was any uh, thing with which to wake up this morning engulfed in righteous indignation. Now, clearly, that is not the case for a number of people who live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> good folk, gather, good yeah. folk, but come on, y'all. Yeah. Come on, y'all. What do you think? I, I think the thing it? for me that that kind of made this a no call mm -hmm. is it's not like Ryan O'Reilly skating freely and colliding with Sidney Crosby right. or, or him like trying to get like in the way of Crosby. It was him trying to stay on side. Yeah. He was fighting for position to stay on side. And it was, you know, he's engaged with Carlson right there. So, you know, it's not like he he's skating freely down the blue line. If it was just him and he was skating on side and he was, you know, kind of going towards Crosby, uh, I still think maybe it would have been more 50 50. Yeah. But I think the fact that he's like, he's entitled to ice. Right. Like he's entitled to like a spot, like his piece of ice. He's entitled, you know, to fight for position. And, you know, Crosby, I think the one skating up ice to try to make a play that opened some things up too. You know, mm -hmm. I think that kind of changed, you know, what that call was. So for me, I think you watch it and it's, you know, a straight up no call because right. O'Reilly is entitled to that piece of ice. And again, he's, he's in fighting with Carlson trying to stay on side. It's not like he's, you know, skating towards Crosby to lay ahead or get in the way or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's just entitled to, to that space of ice. It reminds me of a really important word. And I think this fits in this situation. I think the referees have to, to kind of gauge intention. And Ryan yeah. O'Reilly's intention in that moment is very clearly not, I'm going to tangle up with and take down two players. It is, I'm going to stay on side. I've got to fight to stay on side because I know Forsberg is coming. And look, if refs know anything when it comes to games about uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Nashville Predators, it's about intention. Mm 
like intention to blow the whistle. Mm, yeah, yeah. This is how we, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is not a new phenomenon when it comes to officiating games between these two teams. So I agree with you. I, I this is when you look at the play, this is not somebody who is trying to tie up two players. This is somebody who is fighting to stay on side. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. If if maybe the Nashville Predators will get their come up in someday and lose a very important game, you yeah. know, uh, as yeah, the result of, I don't know, let's say like a premature whistle. Just saying. Let's just, yeah. It could just, happen. Yeah. It seems unlikely. Yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe <laughs> karma will come back around. Yeah. It's, um, it is amazing to me. And, and I feel like I can say this as somebody who loves Northwestern Pennsylvania, love, you know, lived in Pittsburgh, love Pittsburgh, one of my favorite cities, truly one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to. But y'all, it is amazing to me how a, a small portion, a small but vocal portion of y'all's fan base can have such a storied winning history with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that is unarguable they they are a storied winning franchise and yet y'all can still be the victims every time you lose sometimes even good hockey players lose hockey games mm. it's i know it's hard to grasp but y'all sometimes sometimes teams lose hockey games and 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 it's not because they're just victims yeah. you know god bless all the other ones who took it like a man but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or like a woman, let me be clear. <laughs> there we go. Um, real quick, uh, what else stood out to you in last night's game? Uh, I thought it was really great to see this was Gus Nyquist's. Uh, it extended his game point streak to nine games. You talk about that top line, you know, obviously we're talking about Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly in the context of that last overtime play. But you talk about what that O'Reilly, Philip Forsberg, Gus Nyquist group is doing and how well they are performing together. And what's interesting is uh, Gus was asked after the game, you know, what is working with the three of you on that top line? And he's like, we are having fun. Like, yeah. we obviously, we think the game the same way. This style of game really suits their personal skill sets. I think it very much suits Philip Forsberg. But he's like, we're just having a lot of fun playing together. We enjoy playing together. And I think that goes a long way. The same probably can be true said of Michael McCarron and Phil Tomasino and Cole Smith. Like, they really enjoy playing together. So for me, I think we're getting some line combinations that are, that are, that are gelling. And we'll see what happens when we get glass and Novak back again. Yeah, uh, we're having as much fun watching as I think we are uh, them Yeah, them playing, too. Yeah. That, that yeah. is a very good timeline. Uh, also worth pointing out, best Phil Tomasino has looked all season, yes. I think, to yeah. me. His best game of the season. Yeah. Uh, of course, got that assist on Michael McCarron's second goal mm -hmm. uh, and then was just really aggressive with the puck. Like, yeah. You know, a couple of really good shots on net. Uh, really, you know, kind of didn't hesitate to make plays, was kind of just driving to the net, trying to get the puck in, in a dangerous area. So, yeah, I mean, it's got to be, you know, big for Nashville Predators fans to see Tomasino after, you know, so his round of healthy scratches earlier yeah. this year to come in and, and start being progressively better as the weeks go on. Yeah, you can definitely see growth in in that. It's probably not the way he would like 
the season two have gone, but I think Tomasino is doing a lot with his opportunities and the chemistry he and McCarron have, you know, remember when Tomo came up, McCarron was the guy he was with right away. So I think that there is something really good happening, happening there with those kind of depth lines. And that's something the Nashville Predators are going to need if they're going to be successful. Yeah, for sure. Felt, feels a little bit like Cody Glass last year. Uh, yeah. where he just kind of slowly started to get it a little bit. Yeah. You, you know, what you watch Tomasino the past week or so, you see somebody that looks like he's poised to, to start doing some bigger stuff. Yeah. Nashville. Uh, hey, did you know the Nashville Predators are now in a playoff spot? Come on now. Huh? 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 Uh, that's a good excuse to look at the Western Conference playoff picture as it stands right now. Um, yeah. And there's a reason that we're talking about playoffs this early. <laughs> we'll get to it in just one second. First, want to let you know, this episode's brought to you by our great friends at Game Time. We have just talked about what a big win the Nashville Predators had last night. Being at the big win is amazing. What is not always amazing is the process of getting tickets for the big game. A lot of us have schedules where we can't decide until the last minute when we can go, you know, and then we decide we can make it. We try to buy seats, but we don't really know if we're ending up getting a bad view and last minute deals can sometimes feel like you're getting taken advantage of. You should not have to worry the next time you're buying tickets for a big event, especially at the last minute. It's something I don't worry about anymore because I have the Game Time app with killer last minute deals, all in pricing, view from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes all of the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time offers last minute tickets, flash deals and zone deals. It's easy to find and buy tickets for any event in your area. They sell everything from sports, theater, concerts, comedy. If it's happening in Nashville, you can get your tickets. All in price shows you your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal and there's no surprise fees at checkout time. And Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. So if you're down on Broadway and decide you want to go into Bridgestone Arena, you can do that with the Game Time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code LOCKEDONNHL, and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, Anne. It is never a bad time to start thinking about no. layoffs. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier in this week where there is kind of a weird stat Mm -hmm. uh, that since the initial lockout, initial NHL lockout in, in 2004, 2005, uh, 70 or 77% of all teams who are in a playoff spot and Thanksgiving wind up making the playoffs. So there is some precedent for yeah. being in a playoff spot this time of year. And as we mentioned, uh, the Nashville Predators, with their win last night, their 16 winning streak, had now have that final playoff spot uh, thanks to having more regulation wins uh, over the Arizona Coyotes. So we thought this would be a good time to look at the Western Conference playoff picture. 
Uh, maybe pick a team that's in right now that we don't think is going to be there by the end of the year, and then vice versa, a team on the outside looking in that we think might make a run. Yeah. Uh, so right now we have Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg in the central in Vegas, Vancouver, and LA on the Pacific side, and then St. Louis and Nashville, the two wildcard teams. So, and, uh, any surprise teams in those eight that you think may be playing a little above their pay grade right now? You know what? I think everybody is surprised that Nashville is in this discussion. I think everybody is surprised. And I think even Nashville Predators fans have to admit that we're su- we, we have to be a little bit surprised because of a couple things. First of all, new coach, new roster, new systems. You know, you get 2021 20, games into a season. That's still not a lot of time to make adjustments to those kind of big changes. Also, four-game losing streak. Did we really think, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, that we would be discussing the Nashville Predators as a wild card team? I don't think we were. You know, so I think that you could be a little bit surprised. Do I think that they will stay here? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. This team, you know, I think that this system suits a lot of the skill set of some of the top players. I think a speed game suits Philip Forsberg very well. I think it suits somebody new like Gus Nyquist very well. I think Ryan O'Reilly is a huge addition. I think the team is finally kind of getting out of falling back into old habits. I think their second nature is becoming this new system in second nature. So it could happen, but I'm a little bit surprised if I'm being honest, Nick. And I am too. it. So are you thinking the Nashville Predators are not going to be in a playoff spot by the end of the year? It's 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 a big ask. It is it is a big ask. Do I think would I fall out of my seat in shock? Maybe no. Would I be pleasantly surprised? I would say yes. I don't think expectations were playoffs. Mm-hmm. In any capacity, wild card or not, for this team. Yeah. Um, what about I, you? I get that. Like, it's certainly, it feels like sort of a whatever happens, happens season, right? Yeah. Because it's like if the Nashville Predators make the playoffs, it's like, oh, we thought this team was going to be much, much better or much, or I'm sorry, much, much worse than they right. wound up being. Uh, and if they miss, then it's like, ah, well, you know, we're rebuilding. Who cares? Right. So it kind of sounds like playing with free money, uh, you know, and if that's the case, if you're playing with free money, if it doesn't really matter how well or how bad you do this season, why not just make it? Why not yeah. just get there and see what happens? Yes, because yeah. once you get in, you never know. Like, you just never know. You never yeah. know. 2017, never know. Uh, yeah. How about a team that Nashville Predators beat last week, uh, the St. Louis Blues? Yeah. Uh, boy, True. how I I – really don't know how this team is in a playoff spot right now. Uh, negative goal differential. Uh, they yeah. only got 61 goals scored, which is actually a bit of improvement from a couple of weeks ago uh, when they were like 20 goals behind every other playoff team. Yeah. Uh, you know, 65 goals against. This is a team that's very inconsistent, has had some trouble scoring this year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see them being a playoff team. I don't think they have the roster for it. I don't think they have the depth for it. Uh, and, you know, I think the the wins this year have been, you know, 
kind of lucky. Yeah. I think Jordan Bennington has done a lot to carry that team through this first 20 some games. I mean, he's had a couple games where he didn't look great, but he's also had a couple games where he really made the saves he needed to make. And I agree with you, just not necessarily a strong offensively productive blues team. So yeah, when they're good, they're real, you know, they're pretty good, but when they're bad, they're, they're not looking like a playoff team. So I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know that I see them hanging around in, in battling for the postseason like maybe some other teams could. Yeah. Speaking of, let's pull a Missy Elliott and flip it and reverse it. Who is a team on the outside looking in right now mm-hmm. that you think could make a run? Okay. I know this is ridiculous. Everything about this situation is ridiculous, but the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> here's, an, here's an interesting stat. Uh, is remember the whole thing I just told you about, you know, no team, you know, 77% set and everything, no team more than eight points back. Right. Has made the playoffs. Uh, and that was, that would have included the Edmonton Oilers at Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So if they make the playoffs, that'll be some precedent. But I can see them doing it for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you've got the McDavid dry sidle factor. You've got two generational talents on your team for the love of all that's holy, you know. But I also think um, their December schedule is going to help them out. I think they've got some some easier games against teams like the Sharks. They've got the Blackhawks. They've got the Wild. And I feel like that's going to give them a little bit of momentum. And you also look at individual players who have maybe not had their best games so far. Matthias Ekholm has been very upfront and said, this is maybe one of my worst starts of my career. So I think if you can get some of these guys cooking Edmonton is a team that will never surprise me if they defy the odds. They just have enough talent, I think. Yeah. And they don't have good goaltending. They sure don't. They McDavid McDavid has not been great this year. Not his or or at least not on the level that we're used Mm -hmm. to seeing him. So there that's something that you know you look at and it's like, okay, how long is that slump going to last? Not long. Um, yeah, I mean, if they if their big guns that they get wind up playing like they have any time the past few years, I think that's a playoff team. The only question is, is there going to be goaltending good yeah. enough to, you know, pull out some of these late wins? Or are they going to start losing a bunch of 6-5, 5-4 losses that are going to start piling up? Uh, that's the big question mark to me. But I, I definitely look at the Oilers and say, if there's a team that can do it, you know, they're mm. five points back right now. Uh, it would be the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Um, also, want to throw out, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Arizona Coyotes look good. Yes. And they have a lot going for them. They do. Uh, they have, yeah, they're getting some good scoring. Like, the team defense is pretty good. Uh, goaltending, Connor Ingram has been fantastic this year. Great. Right. And we know we love that. Except we know we, yeah, we absolutely love, love that. So I'm looking at the Coyotes, and I'm saying, they could, they could do it. They could. That is a team that would be super fun to get in the postseason if Nashville didn't and root for. A, Connor Ingram. Like, you can only wish sunshine and lollipops and rainbows for Connor Ingram because he's fantastic. But what a fun team 
Arizona has turned into this season. That's a fun team to watch. So I know it's a sentence I don't think any of us thought we would say, but I can see them maybe sneaking their way in there and, and, and mixing it up a bit. So I'm here for that. Yeah. As uh, yeah, as, as long as they don't play Nashville. There uh, you go. That, that never works out. Exactly well. <laughs> no. Uh, let us know if you're listening, uh, either tweet us at LO underscore predators or drop a comment about playoff teams that are either in right now that you think will miss or playoff teams on the outside that you think will make the postseason. Uh, so let us know. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on social media at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com or follow me on social media at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with an all-new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.